everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where my garage is serving as a fridge and a freezer right now, and I'm a little concerned that Yoni Pollock is never going to defrost. If you guys could take a look at what this poor boy looks like right now. I mean, he is wearing as much winter gear inside as I usually wear outside. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. It is cold. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right right after Allison, right before Nachum's live lunch. And who do I see behind the board? It is owner of Big Downer himself. Correct. I'm here. It is cold. (laughs) Good morning. I'm not enjoying myself out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got into the car this morning to go to the gym, and it read 15 degrees. And I almost heard my car say, please leave me alone and let me die in peace. (laughs) Like, don't make me start. Please don't make me go. That's sort of what I feel like on mornings like this. I am not complaining about the cold personally. I like the cold. I complain about the cold, but I don't complain about when it gets hot because of that. I only complain during one season. I'm thankful for the other season. Right. And that's the way I feel about the summer. I don't complain about the cold. I only complain about the summer because I don't like sweating at five o'clock in the morning. I'd rather be cold at five o'clock in the morning than sweat at five o'clock in the morning. Yoni? Are you there? Can you can you can you move your mouth? I'm kind of here. <laughs> Yoni prefers to sweat 365 days a year. Oh, 100%. Yoni's the only guy I know who likes to get into a hot car. I do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really the cool weirdest feeling. thing I ever. I like it. So, right now, um just so that everyone can can see what we see, it, Avrami's wearing a hat in the studio. Okay, fine. Avrami wears hats in the studio. Yoni is wearing a ski cap. A, what's that thing you got around your neck? I don't even know what it's called. It's some kind of doohickey to keep his... It's it's a face mask for skiing <laughs> that he is wearing around his neck to keep his neck warm. And how many layers are you wearing in the studio? Um, long sleeve undershirt, it's a shirt, and then sweater. So, <laughs> is that four? That sounds like okay. four. I should have worn my wool tits. That's what I should have done. That's what you should have. <laughs> yes, that would have been the, the logical move here is to wear four... To where your wool sits is included in your four layers. Now, agreed, Avrami, it is a little chilly here in the studio, but that is the way ZK likes it. And we also know that turning on the heat in a Manhattan uh, establishment is a bad, bad move under all circumstances. Who knows what will come out of there. Exactly. That <laughs> and an excessive amount of heat that would make us all schmoil. And then we would hear from ZK about damage to the equipment. So instead, we put on the heat lamps. Everyone's got a sweater. I feel like my dad. Just put on a sweater. Two sweaters on me. Two sweaters? Are you serious? Oh, my word. All right, folks, I'm just wearing a shirt. I got to be honest. Oh, poor phone. My, I said serious, and the, the phone went bizarre because Siri picked up. I am just wearing a shirt because my head is always covered, and so I am therefore warm. Isn't that a funny part about it? Avrami? Yes. I don't have to wear a hat. Hair hat. Exactly. <laughs> it's built in. It actually keeps you warmer? God thought of everything. Yeah, my head is never cold. Which is, of course, the inverse during the summer, but we're not going to go there. National holidays today, folks. Uh, yeah, it is a Sarabatevate. So um, for those of you who are still fasting, like we are here in the United States, you should have an easy and meaningful fast. Those of you who have already concluded your fasts in Israel, um, Bateavon. And those, as Nacho mentioned during, uh, j- during a bonus JM at about, I don't even know, I think he was on at like 525 this morning, mentioned something along the lines of if you're in Australia you're probably done by now so email me so I think they're in Australia they're probably cooking for Shabbos like it's tomorrow isn't it tomorrow I don't know they have to ask uh, the man who knows about time zones (laughs) all right we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get somebody on about time zones uh it's also national chocolate day which sort of it doesn't make sense on the start of a table comes up a lot of times around the year we're, we're we hold by many days 
Yeah, so it's National Chocolate Day on the same day as Asara Batave, and I'm not sure how that's supposed to work, but I guess you bake, break your fast on chocolate of rum, yes? Yes, we have a ton in the car for the ride home. All right, that should be a speedy, speedy drive. And it's also Pledge of Allegiance Day, which I have no idea why it's today, but uh, but we'll go with it. Also, I'm just going to remind everyone that as 2017 comes to a close, we encourage everyone to give at fjbunity.org. Please help us keep going strong for another year. Here at the Nachum Siegel Network, if you like what we're doing here and you especially like it on Thursdays and you love JM in the AM, show us. Go to fjbunity.org and give what you can, and we thank you in advance. So, today is an exciting day because as Nachum was joined this morning by Ellie Gerstner and Reb Judah Michelle uh, from Camp Hask, and there was a Time for Hask 31 review or preview, I guess you could say, this morning on JM in the AM, I have asked Nahum to join me today on That's Life to take a sort of different perspective, a perspective that we actually discuss here in the studio a lot, a perspective probably that normal people <laughs> do not pay attention to, but something that we really find exciting, which is the art of the announcement. Good morning, Nahum. Good morning. In, uh, in Australia, it's 14 hours Ahead, so at five something this morning, they were not done with the fast oh. because a Sarbatavis in Australia is the latest oh, fast right. of the year. Right, right. Which is so weird that Tishabov, if you want to go somewhere for Tishabov, you go to Australia. Now I know. Yes, exactly. I thought that the key was flying on <laughs> right. Tishabov. That's, that's how. Not, that's how you and I end yeah, the. That fast almost though. helps. Right, it helps a little bit. Maybe a little bit. It's overrated. It that, that I agree with. Yeah, that I completely agree with. Did you skip the fortune cookie because it's a fast day? Oh, I totally forgot. This is the second week in a row I forgot the fortune cookie. But it's cookie. because of the fast. Uh, it's not because of the fast. Uh, did you just hit your knee? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. This is your studio. I know, but okay. I'm so large. <laughs> <laughs> so we take a picture this morning, Ellie Gerstner and Rip Judah. Right. And Ellie says, boy, he makes everyone look, what did he say? He makes everyone look so small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a seated, it's a seated shot. No, it was no. We're talking about the one that we did at the bat, oh. at the step and repeat. Yeah, that's a tough. And afterwards, shot. he looks at it. Over him, he says, "Could you check if I if it's the right. picture you wanted?" He goes, "Oh my god, he makes everyone look so short." Right, even tall people look short. <laughs> even Ohad looks short. Poor, when we that's true. you guys took that picture yesterday <laughs> with um with Mayor K and with Ohad and you and Ohad. How how tall is Ohad? Six three, six four. Yeah, I would say more six one, six two. But yeah, all right, in that area. <laughs> Forget yeah, it. No six three six four. Yoni, <laughs> Yoni. In real, I mean, yeah, six one six two. Okay, fine. So thank, you, thank you. Uh, Not a Yoni. You're taller, Yoni. Is Yoni tall in your book, Nahum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you know you have a crazy barometer. Anybody what height six is. one and more in my book is tall. For you, I would bet it's five ten or more. No. No. I'm the shortest one in my family. Is Gavri tall? We are off topic. Is Gavri tall? Gavri is he's tall. He's 5'10". Yes, but Gavri is also he's 11. Not, he's not far mitzvah. He's 5'10". <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. We're not focused <laughs> yes, at all. We're not focused at all. And we have a limited amount of time. Yes. And in about 20 minutes, I'm going to get stink eye from Avrami, and it's going to be all your fault. Avrami, it's not nice. Okay, I so let's- the shows might meld together today. Yeah, we're just going to keep <laughs> going? True. We'll see. All right, we'll see what happens at uh, at eleven o'clock. All right, so we are talking about a time for music and Nahum Siegel, the golden years, and I say that both tongue in cheek and wholeheartedly because Nahum Siegel and a time for music for so many years were synonymous. They were two brands, two phrases that literally just went together, and when they didn't go together, it raised eyebrows. But for the times that it did go together, the numerous times, how many times was that? I'd have to sit and calculate, but I would guess that. Uh, between going backwards between 29 and 
between 29 and 8, I think I was there every year. Uh, 7 was a different type of show, so I didn't MC. 6 and 5, I did. 4, I did with somebody else. And 2, I made an appearance on stage. So, so in terms wow. of all appearances, I guess it's around 25, 26 shows mm. out of the 30. Out of the 30. Right. In terms yeah. of appearances. And then an actual role, probably 23, 24. So you certainly got to wonder about those shows where it just didn't happen. I can explain why every one of them didn't happen. Or almost everyone didn't happen. But yeah. let's discuss for a second the different producers that you've worked with. A lot of different, well, not a lot, but uh, Shia Mendelowitz and Ding were the original producers. Um, Ellie Gerstner, of course, we know about. And now I, I just don't remember. I think one year, Mutti Zeser from Israel uh, brought his Jerusalem show to America. And I guess he would have been considered the producer that night. And I'm trying to think who else. Would Yochi Briskman ever produce the show? I, I honestly don't remember if there was anybody else in the mix. That may have been it. That may have been the entire... I can't think of anybody I'm missing. Well, that's certainly an incredible crew of people to yeah. work with behind the stage. A lot of good people. A lot of good people. A lot of good memories. A lot of exciting moments that people recognize as Hask moments, as yeah. a time for music it's, moments. It's funny because if I was asked to list most exciting moments, and obviously I could list some on stage moments, but a lot of the... Uh, uh, I shouldn't say a lot. A select few of the great moments for me were backstage because there were a couple of years when when we did the 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, And I guess, uh, yeah, we did the 25th anniversary. It was such a collection of people. It was like 20, 30, 35 performers. And at some point, there's a photo of all the performers Mm -hmm. taking pictures. And that was very cool. That was very cool. And uh, you of know, course, there's the diaspora. Right, that's a big moment. Diaspora is right. a big moment, both backstage and. and in I'm front not. Of the stage. Well, everyone knows what happened on stage. Right. Do you have? By the way, you have that. Um, you have that introduction. I ready? have the diaspora intro. Um, that's shocking to me that you have it ready. <laughs> that is shocking to I me. Think, we I, don't discuss it at all here in the studio. <laughs> but for, but but even before we get there. What makes a good announcement? What makes a good intro? All right, so this is now a little bit involved. Just remember, we only have 20 minutes. I know, that's what scares okay. me, frankly. But the, so, so. It's an art. So we were considering, uh, you know, doing this show, which probably needs a part two and a part three, but we were considering doing this show. And I'm were, available for a part two and part three. And you were gracious enough to host and to, and to ask me to do this. My pleasure. And, uh, and. I, I started going through random intros only, only from four or five Hass concerts, and most of them very recent. Okay. Just to start somewhere. And in this, and this, I probably went through, let's say, 50 tracks from Hask, and I didn't realize that I'm on about 25 of them, <laughs> which I, I couldn't believe, actually. I know. But, but then you realize that Hask is so much a potpourri of artists. Right. You know, doing one or two songs each in many cases. So obviously the MC is going to have a bigger role than I thought as I'm looking back. And I have here a list. I mean, these are just some of the introductions. I believe this is a diaspora one. Let's see. I have been waiting 18 years to make the following announcement. Yes, I've been waiting 18 years to introduce yet again in this historic opportunity a band, a group, an amazing collection of musicians and singers that changed Jewish music forever. They served as a beacon 
to thousands of Balei Tshuva who found their way home to Torah and Yiddishkeit. And might I add, they served and continue to serve as a beacon for even folks like me who've been in yeshiva all of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for yet another long-awaited reunion of the Diaspora Yeshiva Band! <laughs> I'll tell you, that is a... Uh, <laughs> that is, out of all the things that went into that announcement, right. and, and there are a hundred elements that I just picked up that I never really analyzed before. <laughs> But of all the things that, about that announcement, the thing that impressed me the most about that announcement it will shock you. I don't, I'm not sure you could shock me with how much we analyzed this the stuff. The thing yeah. that impressed me the most, let me go back if you don't mind. I have been waiting 18 years Listen to carefully. Make the following announcement. You, all of a sudden you hear the crowd starting to go a little crazy, right? I think that's Ori Butler, by the way. It could be. And random comments from the crowd. Yes, I've been waiting 18 years to introduce yet again in this historic I've, opportunity I've, a I've, band, a group, an amazing... I am so happy as I look back at that with the pauses. Right. The pauses are, I mean, are so... Well-timed. Are so purposeful. Right. And are so intentional and have such a role in uh, directing the reaction of the crowd. That crowd was going in a certain direction at the beginning of that announcement, and they got completely diverted and put back on the track I wanted them on because of the pauses in that announcement. I, I, am, I am so happy to analyze this. You have no idea. <laughs> that is crazy. Okay, so for the people listening going, I have no idea what he's talking about. The people in this studio completely get it. He's and- a collection Here, of let's say, there's one more pause. That changed Jewish music forever. Here, this is another great pause. I wait to the right time. They serve. In other words, you don't wait for the entire applause to die down, but you wait until, until you know that it's a that that within two seconds it will be completely quiet from the applause. You so saw that? Two se- yeah, of course, yeah. two seconds before the well, end. Well, two is long. I yeah, probably it's probably more between one and two seconds, but yeah, it's <laughs> two seconds would probably be too long. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, people, this makes perfect sense. You have no idea. It's, it's such an art. It's such a skill. The, the the perfect pause, the deliberate pause, and also just the cadence, the cadence of your delivery. Oh, well, but I will say yes. that that occasion, remember, we just took one out of a million announcements. That occasion, it, 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 it was no great uh, chachma, so to speak. To have the right cadence and the and the right enthusiasm for that announcement. Okay, but I there disagree- are some of these that I but went I through. disagree with you because your enthusiasm could have gotten the best of you because you started with and and then you re- you not only did you start with I've been waiting eighteen years to make this announcement, right. but then you had to almost taper your own excitement when you heard the reaction of the crowd and start again right so i don't which i don't know was the best thing although that i wouldn't take out there are a couple of things in this announcement i would take out or adjust but yeah that's the uh and look like you pointed out the hask stage gives you this opportunity to do that you know right i still feel of all and i i've acknowledged this all the time and i've said it a million times before i still feel that 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 with all the great intros on the hask stage and i'd like to think that i've had some of them 
I still don't think I had the best. It wasn't an intro. I don't think I. I still think the best line ever uttered by a an announcer on the Hess stage is not mine, which kills me. I'm but, sure. But, but it was and why okay, but, but and why and why I didn't think of it drives me nuts. But who was it? One year. Do you have a clip? No. One year. Um, I should have that clip actually. One year. It, for again, one of the significant anniversaries, I don't know if it was 18 or 20 or what it was, uh, they brought back Zale Newman, who had been MC at the very, very beginning of the Hask series. And he had a role in the, in the. Uh, I think, in fact, I think it was just one role. I think they asked him to come back just to do one segment, some, you know, relive this type thing mm-hmm. segment. And we were at the Metropolitan Opera House. Mm-hmm. The Hask concert moved to the Metropolitan Opera House. It, 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 there were a couple of locations that the Hask concert was held at, but the Metropolitan Opera House was one of them. That was what year? Oh, gosh. I guess we're going back to... We're probably going back to very early 2000s, maybe late 1990s. Okay. And they, it only moved to the Met... Um... It moved to Radio City for Hesk 7. Okay. It moved to the Met a few years later. So basically, you're a time for music historian. Well, I don't know about that. If I was, and I'd give you more accurate information than this, but it was at the Met, and and now it's, you're at the Metropolitan Opera House, right. right? And Zale comes out for his segment, and I already had been on stage. Okay. So if I would have thought of this, I already would have done it. Ugh. Zale comes on stage to do his segment, and it's the Met. You right. know, the, I mean, the Met. Right. Do you know how often I told people within those couple of years that I played the Met <laughs> just to say the words that I played? the? And when they would hear that, you know, like people not familiar with our industry. And I would say to them, I've emceed, I've hosted concerts at the Met. They were like, oh, my, are you serious? Right. The That's Met? crazy. He gets up at the Met with its unique um, acoustics. Right. Unique acoustics. I mean... I've been in arenas, including Avery Fisher, which is now David Geffen Hall. The Met is—it's a complete. I could do a concert MC job at the Met without a microphone. That's how unbelievable the mm. acoustics are. Wow! And he gets up and he says, "Wow, we're here at the Metropolitan Opera House. I've always wanted to do this." And he says, "Shochedad Bar," and the play, and I said, "Oh my God, it's so brilliant! That's genius move." So brilliant that it sounded great genius move so that that in my opinion may have been the best uh, announcement part so knowing you the way i do how did you function the rest of the night <laughs> i was so That's angry it. i can't I, believe you even got back out on stage i was so i saw i said sale no. who did you complain to for the next two hours of the night i wasn't there who was there with you backstage That's because that would have been it it was so brilliant. I took knowledge. It was just brilliant. That's a great it move. It was just brilliant. That's a great brilliant. move. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined by Nachum Siegel himself as we go over Nachum Siegel and A Time for Music, The Golden Years, and the art of the announcement and the the insanity, almost the science. Well, one you- of the things I wanted to mention is as I'm going through so many of these, let's say 20, 25 of them, so many of them are similar. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like I don't know how the... I don't know how the uh, audience member views it when so much of what you're saying is constantly, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, da-da-da. You know, but I gentlemen. think it, it depends on the presenter. And in your case, the audience is so comforted by the sight of you on stage that there is this, you know, you're inviting them to almost be a part of what's going on on stage because you are that personality. So if there's a person on stage who they're not connecting with, 
what you know whether it's this concert or any other concert you know then it's not that feeling is not in the room it's i gotta pl- the I, I gotta play one for you i don't know if i wrote this i may have been given the concept by somebody and then went ahead and 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 wrote it well i believe it's this one i hope i'm right um oh gosh do i hope i'm right or if it's not then it's then it's one right next to it okay tell me what you think of this intro you ready yeah Here we go, this one. Tonight we have two performers. One is the original star of A Time for Music number one, and the other was in kindergarten at the time. (laughs) Yet this odd couple somehow managed to become the perfect couple when they step onto the stage together tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a joyful and electrifying evening. Sit back and enjoy the show. That was the intro for. That I'm was, trying to figure out who the act is. That was the intro for Avram Fried and Lipa to uh. do this combination. I thought I thought at the end I said their names, uh, Avram Fried and Lipa. So the idea was that one got is it. the original star, and the other one was in kindergarten, and it got a good laugh. And I thought that was a good start to the whole thing, and obviously a unique announcement. You know, right? Th- that announcement was never made again. Um, so that's an example. Then this one is an example of, uh, I, I, I well, we'll see in a second if it was their first time at Hask or not. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for some fun. You know who it is? It's Eighth Day! Not bad. No, not at all. And by the way, Eighth Day, I mean, as a person who analyzes announcements with you in the in the first place and the letters that you have to pronounce, the sounds that you have to pronounce, Eighth Day is a tough is a mouthful. Yeah, it's I wouldn't say tough. It's a it's a you have to stay aware. Yeah, you have to stay aware during that announcement. So just give people because it is ten fifty two. Oh my god! I know, I know, I know. It's a good thing we have another two hours on the air together. We just we should we are going to be doing this for hours. But give people just a hint as to what in the world we are talking about when we say that something like eighth day. Is is something that you as an MC need to be aware of, right? Well, uh, again, um, l- let's do it the other way around. Let's let's go to an easy let's let's go to an easier sound, then we'll come okay. back to Eighth Day. So, for instance, when I'm at a wedding and the name of the family is Rosenberg, uh, maybe even a better one. Um, I had one recently that was so perfect. Um, can't remember. Okay. Anyway, let's say it's Rosenberg. Rosenberg so, is our go-to example. Yeah. So Rosenberg is is one is one of the classic three syllable. <laughs> Easier names to do, and one of the best parts about it is, as you just alluded to, that each syllable is is relatively easy to pronounce in a distinct, distinct fashion. Rosenberg, right. and especially because the S is really a Z, so it's right. even easier. So Rosenberg, and the fact that you have the R G at the end, correct, and the B going into right. the R G, so that that's very. So that's I think very, we've just lost all our listeners. <laughs> but when, when you have our numbers climbing, but, are just totally but tanked. eighth day, eighth day, which again has the benefit of the day, which is a good ending, has two elements to it that you have to be aware of, and one is that. The, you want the A of eighth day, meaning the 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 start, the E. Eh, mm-hmm. You want it to be strong. Right. You don't want it to get lost. It's it's not a strong sound. And then on top of that, as you pointed out, if you get the TH wrong or if it, you know, comes out not sounding the way it should, it's 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 not it's not going to it it's gonna sound like the wrong word. It's gonna sound like a, it, it will not have that strong presence to it. So you always have to you always wanna make sure 
to enunciate, and you always want to enunciate, mm-hmm. but eighth day, and then you know, it, it's it's not the it's never going to be perfect. A, right. The th is never going to be perfect. Simple as that. It's a chutzpah that they even <laughs> named themselves that, considering how difficult it would be for you to announce it. That's what I was thinking. Do you know? I'll tell you what the problem with all of this is. The problem is that you stand on stage and you make it look easy. And so everyone thinks they can do it, myself included, because I have been backstage with you over the last five and a half years. Holy cow, five and a half years. uh, Over the last five and a half years so many times that I, having watched the master and having been schooled, thought I could do it as well. Now, not as a concert, but as an emceeing a dinner. And I was awful. And I actually apologized to everyone who was there that night. I was terrible. And I I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't appreciate just how skilled you are to do this, but just how ridiculous it is to think that anyone can do it. And so I have to very publicly give you that credit because that, that and it has to be a comfort to the producers and to the people who are, entrusting you with their project because they know that they have hired the best that is out there to get it done and get it done well because only somebody who is sitting here considering the fact that eighth day is going to be something difficult to pronounce or that Rosenberg is the (laughs) ideal name to announce at a wedding he's the only guy you want on stage um I will tell you the following story if you don't mind I don't mind it's it's your network (laughs) thank you you're welcome in 2001, our music director, Mark Zomick, and I visited Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. And we are on the field at Miller Park after the Milwaukee Brewers conclude their baseball game. And we are at the center field wall looking toward home plate. And the only thought that is going through my mind is how on earth does every major league center fielder make catching a fly ball look so easy because I was looking at home play and I said, it is impossible. It's it's, it's an impossible skill. It's, impo- it's impossible to judge how, where that ball is coming from, from, from a, a guy who you could barely see 400 feet away. And then when it goes in the air, how can you possibly adjust? You know, and I'm thinking all this as I'm looking at it, but you know how it is. You go through the ranks and you pick up the skill and you – Learn how to, you know, make it look easy. And if you look at any professional major league outfielder today, they all make a standard fly ball look very, very easy. And I would hope to think that, you know, people in our industry, when you get to a certain point, even though everyone thinks they can do it the same way everyone thinks they can be an actor and everyone thinks they can do, you know, half the things that are done in this world. I would hope that people would appreciate that there's a that there is a skill to it. Everyone can open a restaurant. You know, someone said to me the other day. You know who this? You know, I think it's the most. If it's not most, and it's second most. You know who the second highest paid person in the boxing industry is? In other words, in the last ten years, whatever the statistic was, you know, the list of performers in boxing who have made the most money. So okay. you have Holyfield. Yeah, all these guys. Right. You know who big names. Number two on the list, behind boxer number one, and in front of boxer number three, is Michael Buffer. The announcer. Really? Because this, what he does that everybody on planet Earth <laughs> thinks they can do, right. he gets paid a premium that, you know, that's worth what the boxers are getting for their match or close to it. Or obviously he's doing a lot more. Boxers are fighting, you know, twice a year. He's doing this, you know, every week, so obviously. But anyway, he's high up on the list of um, 
That's incredible. Yeah. So <laughs> there you have it. That's incredible. So uh, all I want to do is every time is recreate what he does at all these events and, you know, don't get paid like him, but <laughs> try to make a living. <laughs> is, is announce is being a boxing announcer something is it, is that an adaptable skill to what you're doing? Yeah, I think what he I mean I could do what he does again whether I could do it as well and all that stuff right. is another issue. But yeah, I think that I'm just thinking that this is a whole new revenue stream we never <laughs> considered. <laughs> boxing matches. Exactly. All right, Nahum, it is ten- And I'd love to try it once. When Dimitri Salido was in the whole right. game I and he was then producing events I, I wanted to speak to him just doing it one time, but there's a lot of inappropriate stuff that's going on in the boxing ring, even in the standard ring. Right. So I, it's I don't a know little was, bit not you. Yeah, I don't know if it was the right scene for me. Well, um, well just but there not, was another venue. Well, one second. One second. It's it's 10.59. Is it? Yes. So we need let's to just- wrap it up. Well, let's quickly make a decision. Yeah, we'll wrap it up officially. Okay. And then after this song, we'll start our That's Life, uh, uh, that's life our live lunch presentation. Okay, so- Nahum, yeah. I officially, since we're wrapping it up, <laughs> want to thank you for joining me on the air this morning. I encourage everyone not to, quote unquote, change your dial, shall we say. Don't touch that dial. Don't do anything, because this conversation will continue in about 45 seconds when the live lunch starts. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Are we closing with a song? Uh, I think we'll close with this, if you don't mind. I mean, I don't know if we can get past the intro, but we'll- I we'll, mean, why we'll, don't we we'll, just play the intro we'll, over we'll and over We'll try our again. best, I guess. They serve as a beacon. Hey, let me advance this a little bit. There we go. Long-awaited reunion of the Thank you. Thank you. That's life, guys.
山。